0: this just in, we have been informed that candidate Joe Biden is now the elected president of the United States of America. Many are elated that Donald Trump has been defeated. Question is, what does this mean for the future of America? Episode 8. This is the last episode of the season, y'all. Thank you so much for all my listeners tuning in to every episode. Your comments, your remarks, your shares, your likes, I appreciate it all. Funny though, this episode that we are about to air was my first episode ever recorded. Sound is not all that great, but your girl tried her best. And as you can see, quality has definitely gotten better. This episode, I am joined by my cousin Daphne and another guy best friend, Ewan. We dissect the voting system while sharing our experience in the political realm of our generation. As you will tell, the discussion was recorded before the announcement of Joe Biden's win for president. A lot has definitely occurred since then. Nevertheless, this conversation is always needed and expresses that we still have work to do. This around-the-way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned you might learn some things. Right now, we're in the position that we still have not gotten the results for this year's presidential election. However, it does look like Biden is in a good lead that he may win, but with politics, we never know what can happen. And this election is counted as the most votes for a presidential race having people coming out in drones in fear of continuing another sentence with Donald Trump. Most of these votes were for Biden. However, many are left confused as to how the race can be so close. The shock of the number of Republican votes in different states are just very, very alarming. But let me ask you guys, are you completely shocked by that? I'm
1: not shocked. I'm I actually thought, like, I I followed the polls, and so the polls had Biden leading like, 10 points nationally, and then he was doing very well in all of these other states. And I thought, it's not true. I I knew it was going to be close mentally, but emotionally, I just, I'm like, really, though? All of you people really came out and voted for him in spite of everything that he he has done and said. But does
0: it speak true to the thoughts that, white America or America has always had.
1: I think America has always shown us who America is and I think the last four years definitely at least in my lifetime you know Obama got elected and I remember I was with Shushana and mm-hmm. dancing in the streets downtown Brooklyn yes with Ashira. Shira mm-hmm. and so I didn't I didn't necessarily buy into this is now post-racial America but I thought mm. wow we had come a long way because okay. I remember thinking to myself never in my lifetime, Will I see a black person in the United States? So right. when that happened, I thought to have all of these white people vote for this man who looks black, right? Like I, I know he's half white, but he looks black. So I thought we had with come the one drop
0: rule, he's black. Right. No, mm-hmm. he's black, but mm-hmm. you know,
1: it's not he's not light skinned, like he's he's black right. with a black family. Correct. And so with right. a black wife, a black female wife and so to see that the white people embraced that and voted for him, I thought, wow, we had come a step further. Some
0: type of progress. And
1: then Donald Trump came, and mm-hmm. to see everything he had said about this man who seemingly led like the most perfect moral life you could lead in, as a politician, and to see him- you talking den- about Obama? Right. Mm-hmm. And to see him denigrate Obama's character, starting immediately from he wasn't even born in this country, and then to see that this is the person that people voted for, I was like- I was like, okay, there's a white lash in this country. Like, they clearly saw that Obama was elected, and they were like, never again.
2: But as two Haitian American females, you have to understand where people came from. They looked at Hillary Clinton as being the lesser, well, Trump being the lesser of two evils because she's been a politician from
1: day one. I happen to be a very big Hillary fan, but I understand, especially being Haitian, why many people think the Clinton machine is terrible and that they've done all of these political things. To me, like, there's a difference between the North and the South, right? Mm -hmm. Like, at the end of the day, we all know that racism existed and still exists both in the North and the South, but there's a reason I will not be going to Mississippi versus going down to Long Island and, and Nassau and Suffolk County, right? And I just think that she is, at the end of the day, she was the lesser of two evils when you have a person who comes out and doesn't even respect the first black president of the United States of America and what that means. And everything else that he has said about minorities and the rhetoric that he used. And and it's just like, you can't even come out and denounce something as simple as the KKK. How is he not the lesser of two evils? But then you saw him, like, let's say you were like, he's the lesser of two evils. Then he became president. And for a variety of reasons, it was foolishness it was like buffoonery to me and then four years later like you guys are still voting for him i just emotionally don't understand how this country could be so stupid
2: because this country was never for us you have to realize that we weren't looked at as being equals until what the 1950s i believe it was 60s 1960s so he has a following of people that um he was able to push that never had a voice you follow me so racism never has had a true voice They've always been covered up by, oh, that's wrong. You shouldn't say that. He was able to put it out there, but put it out there sneakily. could we agree on that?
1: No, I don't even think he put it out there sneakily. Like, I think that he, you know, I really try, I really try to be open-minded, right? So after after Hillary lost and I cried for days, <laughs> right? I had to pick myself up off the floor. I cried for days. I thought to myself, <laughs> It is unbelievable to me how this country can convince poor white people and lower class white people to vote against their interests all the time. And how you could think that Donald Trump, who was like on apprentice and a billionaire and all of this, cares about you and what you're doing in Iowa. Nobody even knows what happens in Iowa. You think he cares about Iowa and the farmers. I just, you know, things like that is, are absurd to me, right? So I just couldn't believe that that happened. But I thought to myself, you know, I'm very, I'm obviously, I'm black. I think about black issues, I, I'm I'm an immigrant, you know, like, I, I'm a female, I think about these issues, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, some, some middle class white person in Indiana or whatever, who's just trying to make ends meet, and then who's looking like my factory is closing, or my farm has issues, like, you may not necessarily have the luxury to think about other issues when you can't feed your family, but the man then came into power and blatantly said things that were just racist. Like,
0: blatantly. He didn't try to hide them. How about this, though? Are we... My issue is with this, with politics, where I never usually got into it, is because I felt like it was just a circus arena. No matter who the party is, there's a behind-the-scenes game that is being played. And for me, I'm like, okay, you have Trump who's blatantly doing these racist things, um, sexist things in our faces. I'll put Obama aside. Let's just say Biden or Clinton or whoever um, former white presidents were. And because they were Democrat and because they said, quote unquote, they were for the people that we we buy into this facade that they are for us, especially black people. I don't want to use the word minority for us, but for black people. So in my mind, I'm like, we have Obama, we have um, Trump that is now this big monster and villain because he's doing everything right in front of us. But what about those politicians that are doing the sneaky things behind our, our back, but they're looked as, you know, that they're the person that, are, that is here to save the day. But are they really putting things in place for us as black people, especially with policies and things that we've been complaining about for years and the Clintons? Of course, Bill Clinton was also charismatic. So we fell into the like, yo, he's 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 black. We claim he has black. And it's not until years later we're finding out what him and his wife was out, up to especially for, you know, the Haitian community and so forth. So in my mind, I guess my thing is, are we so caught up in this whole situation and I'm not excusing his actions or words, but we're so caught up in this Trump is the monster, so get him out. And I and I also understand that words that he plays put, puts a battery in people back. I get that as well. I'm not trying to negate that. But we're also putting other politicians into this pedestal that I feel they don't even deserve.
1: I have mixed emotions about it. First off, this conversation I think is a bigger and broader conversation that black people need to have and have an honest conversation mm-hmm. with themselves, right? So this country was obviously founded on suppressing black people. Correct. And so the system in it of itself always seemingly like a system that's looking like it's going to put down black people. Mm-hmm. So while it was great to have Obama for all the things that Obama stood for, at the end of the day, Pharaoh is always going to be Pharaoh. Right. So like, I like that he's mm-hmm. in charge of a system that institutionally has met, like arms of racism attached to keep you down. That system and any change that happens, especially for like the money behind the politics and all of that stuff, that's obviously something that needs to, that we need to look at as black people. Right. That being said, though, the way this country has is built, it's like there's a national, (coughs) excuse me, there's Mm -hmm. national politics and then there's your local politics, right? And I think that we as black people think that. We are gonna get and I think that's because we just don't know that much about politics We're not educated like we think the president is going to be the person that does the the most in our lives in terms of policy When in reality your governor your mayor, you know your 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 sheriff your local DA your local state legislature your parent board your community board Those are the people that have the most power in the day-to-day things that happen in your community and what happens in your community. So I think there needs to be, like, we as Black people need to understand that politics both comes from the top down and then from the bottom up. It's great to be like, yes, we're voting in all these national elections and we're talking about national policy. That matters because, for example, look at coronavirus, right? Like, Trump is in charge now of... How much money is being allocated to the states and how they get those fundings, right? So you need somebody at the national level who hears your voice. But at the same time, like, look at what's happening in all the different states. Look at how Cuomo handles corona versus how Florida's handling corona versus how New Mexico Correct. handles corona, right? And then within that, look at how de Blasio handles um, corona versus how Long Island handles corona. Like, if you go to some parts in Long Island, it's like corona was, is the past. It's over, versus if you come to Brooklyn, you know, it's like, okay, de Blasio says you can't open up this, you can't open up that. We so, still have things in place. So so I think that we need to we as a people need to do more in terms of getting involved in grassroots movements and organizations in our local politics. Also I think we as a people need to have a real conversation with ourselves about some of the things that we are doing in our community or not doing in our community.
0: So hold that. I love that thought. And we will come back to that a little later on. But before we get to to the meat of the discussion, because I believe that is the meat of the discussion, let's talk about pre-election activities that we all can speak from our own experience. Again, like I said, um, the last time I voted was in 2008, I believe, uh, Mm -hmm. when Obama won. And like you said, if I'm honest, I voted because not not only was he a black man, we're like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to vote for a black man, you know? And second thing was he was a Democrat. That's, that's all that matters, especially within the black community or in the Caribbean community. You always vote Democrat. That's how I was raised. So it wasn't understanding what he stood for because, again, I'm not saying all black people are like that. From my own experience... It was more from a place of like, well, he looks good, he's charismatic, he's black, he's a Democrat, he's for the people, we're going to go with it. But for me, I never really looked into his policies, what he stood for, I wasn't watching the debates. And I can say that could probably be, I'm not going to say most, but a good amount of black people, that's how they chose to vote for him. And then you do have others that truly looked into the policies or whatever. So the last time I voted was in 2008. Um the last election 2016 I know people weren't too happy with me even family members and that's okay. Um I wanted to stand on my stance. I didn't vote because that same similar reason I did not believe in what Hillary Clinton stood for. I felt like okay, here we go, circus time. You know, I didn't I didn't trust Trump either, but in my mind I'm like I don't believe in either, so why should I be forced to vote? And how I feel about voting is I totally agree that our ancestors fought for the right, but the way I view it is that they fought so we had the right to say yes or no. Before, we had no choice, but I felt like they fought so we can have a choice. Um, I don't have the quote on hand, but I remember Frederick Douglass saying that, you know, that It was more so in the sense of that we wanted to have a voice. So I believe that we've accomplished that. But within that, I don't believe people are meant to be or are supposed to feel guilty in the sense of they feel like I don't know who to vote for because I don't trust either. And then, like you mentioned, a good point is that on top of that. All they see is presidential election. So if I don't trust neither, then I'm not going to vote. Not understanding, like you said, there's people above, there's people below. President, in my mind, is like the middleman. So the people that are below, which we we can put them in the place of below, but in the sense they're kind of making the big decisions, we as a community are not educated on that to know that, okay... I don't, I'm, I don't trust these two candidates, but I know there's much that my voice and my vote can do otherwise. So for me, back in 2016, that's how I felt. I didn't know about all these other branches and other seats that we were able to vote for. So I saw Hillary, I saw Trump, and I'm like, nah, I'm not doing it, you know? And for me, I I really feel like we are in a place, because Trump has done so much detriment, that now we are in a place, not only as black people or people of color in general, that we are educating ourselves, but we're now in a place to say, okay, in what other areas can I make my voice known? You know, so what are are your thoughts with how you guys operated Before election day, basically, because I know you and you have your thoughts on the Electoral College. I know, um, Daphne, you are very strong and, you know, there may be a lesser evil, but we still need to vote. So what what is your experiences before this um, election of 2020?
2: Um, With the Electoral College, my whole thing about it is that I feel that it's not a fair assessment when it comes to picking out who our president is going to be. I feel that the popular vote is the best way. The reason being is because, like, take for instance, New York. Even if I did vote, which I did in this current election, I wouldn't have made much of a change. Because regardless of the fact, where does New York normally go? It goes to the Democrats. Every year, it's been like that forever. Every single election. I feel that the popular vote, if we want our voices to be heard, that's the most important. As much as Biden, I think he's up by, what, over 5 million votes? Mm -hmm. Currently? If he loses Arizona and Nevada and Trump was to gain those, Trump would be our president today. Even though this country has stated they want Biden as the president. Is it a fair way of choosing selecting our president? No. Because if we the people state that we want Biden as our president, why is it that we're going by some...
0: A flawed system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like, it's not helping us in any kind of way. We're not, our voices are not being heard. And back to what Shayna said, our people fought for our voices to be heard.
0: So, so you would say that you truly feel the sentiment of my vote doesn't matter? Mm-hmm. Well, in, in, in certain situations. Because if you lived in, okay, if let's I say Tennessee, Nevada. Nevada. If I lived in Nevada, yeah,
2: my voice would have been heard. Mm-hmm. But live, being someone that lives in New York, my voice is not being heard at all.
0: Because of the sense that it's a Democratic state, right. so it automatically and goes we could Democratic. You could
2: be honest with it, if you really think about it, a lot of people have moved from the North down to Georgia. So if you really think about it, that Democratic vote has moved down to Georgia, Georgia, which has been known to be a Republican state. So their voices are being heard. But then when you have a system where each individual count doesn't really matter, it's all about this electoral college, which doesn't have a real, I, I don't have a clear understanding of it, maybe you do. But I don't feel that it's beneficial in any
0: sort of way. It's the sense of like what you said. I was doing a couple of research. I was watching YouTube videos. I even came across an episode of Blackish where I was like, uh, oh, they're they're gonna make it more towards the you know, voter die, our vote matters, but they kind of were being objective where they showed you the power of voting, but they also were honest in saying, Yeah, we have a screwed up voting system and in certain instances your vote may not matter but it's still important to they kind of said it yeah just choose the lesser evil and let's continue to go on our way so i don't know with me i not being a person of politics and now coming to a point of wanting to do my research and say, you know what, let me get more involved because politics is way more than two presidential candidates. It goes deeper into what I will go through, what my family will go through, our communities and so forth. I'm I'm being educated on that now. But again, I I find it difficult to be a part of a system that is just so flawed. So
1: I'm a history boss. So i I happen to I appreciate the American system because I'm a history buff and and it sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth then I guess I am. So let me start by saying everything I feel like in this American system is predicated on the backs of slavery. That being said, the electoral college like I think I think what I appreciate in this with this country that I try to remind myself of is fundamentally idealistically. In a utopian society, the constitution, the rights that you're supposed to have is beautiful when it's actually happening, right? Correct. And so I think it's an interesting country that we live in, which is like really the United States is a bunch of little mini countries, right? Okay. Like New York and California and Tennessee and Georgia, it's like, you, depending on where you go, it's like, I don't even know what what this is, right? Right. The beauty of this country is, it took a lot of many countries and it formed it into one, right? And so part of part of the issues that have always arisen with this country, outside of the slavery issues, um, is that it's always trying to find a compromise between the fact that they that they're trying to formulate one country while also existing as a set of many nations, right? And so part of everything that, this, this, everything that really kind of revolves around our system is, is finding that balance and striking that balance. So the Electoral College, as opposed to just having a, a popular vote, the Electoral College was, was supposed to keep in mind that if we just do a popular vote, then what stops Texas and California and New York from dominating everything? Mm-hmm. For example, as it is now, versus like if I'm in Nevada Who's going to listen to me? Like, my vote won't matter because at the end of the day, whoever has the biggest population, you know, you're, you're basically going to win out with the with the popular vote, right? So, it's supposed to strike a balance so that places like Iowa, North Dakota, Maine, places I'm, I'm never going to go to. Every time I see the map and it's red, I'm not going anymore. <laughs> you know, those places are supposed to have a voice, right? But at the end of the day, it all falls on the back of slavery because the South was like, hold up, wait a second. We have the population because we have these slaves, and the North was like, "Hold up, wait a second. We don't have these slaves, so it's not right that you, we're gonna do a popular vote, and you have all these slaves, and then you're gonna have this popular vote, right?" And then the South was like, "Well, we these slaves can't vote anyway."
2: Exactly.
1: So then you get you get this this balance of how slaves become not counted as people, right? Mm-hmm. They're like three fifths of a person, and all again, all of it falls on the back of um, slavery, mm-hmm. right? But that being said, I. When you take that out of it, the ugliness out of it, it's, a, it's supposed to be striking a balance between, you know, states that have an overwhelming population of people and smaller states that don't have an overwhelming population of people. And I think that that is hard. It's hard for the, this country finds striking that balance very hard. And you see it all the time. You see it when you have a Democratic Congress and you, you have a Republican president or vice versa. You see it when you have a situation like this where the states are like, I don't agree with the president and the president is like, F you. You know, and you see it in certain times like this where you'll get a president, like, before Before it was Trump, it was Bush, right? Bush didn't win the popular vote, but then he lost to Gore, and all of a sudden it was like, how is Bush president? And we didn't vote for him. Right. Um, So I do understand people's frustration in that way, but I do think that the history of this country is that they tried to suppress your vote, and they tried to suppress your vote for a reason. So my thing is, I would prefer you vote for my candidate but more <laughs> importantly i would prefer that you vote right i would prefer that you that you are on the ballot as somebody who takes it seriously and who cares because at the end of the day if you don't vote you're you're written out of somebody that they're going to try to get to vote right like if when the, when this election gets broken down and new york gets broken down into how it votes you're going to see the places that were read. For Trump, and you're going to see the places that were blue for Biden. And while that might not not matter nationally, politically wise, when it political politics wise, when Mm -hmm. it falls down to the to states and the local elections, you will see when you start picking out who's going to be the next representative for that section, they're going to be like, "All right, was this a blue section or was this a red section?" Right, and that that's when it'll start to matter, and that's when they'll start to see. What is the demographic of the people we have here? And is
0: that when again you can educate me, is that when gerrymandering comes into place?
1: Well gerrymandering is a whole different monster, again meant okay. to suppress the yeah. vote and keep people okay. down. So it. like right. I said, the whole system really this we start from the premise that the system so, okay.
2: <laughs> so let me ask you a question. So recently I changed over to independent. Okay. Because um I was having a conversation with this young lady and she explained to me that the reason why A lot of, after the primaries, a lot of times that um, candidates don't come to New York Mm -hmm. because they know that we're a blue state. Correct. So you won't see a Biden come to New York. You won't see Trump come to New York because they already expected Mm -hmm. that it's going to be a democratic state. So Mm -hmm. they were like, if we become, if more individuals inside of New York become independent, now it's going to be like, okay, we don't know where that vote is going to go. So we're going to go visit those states that do have a high independent rate. And we're going to go check and see if we could try and sway that vote. That's true. When it came to what you said about, um, what were you saying, about people knowing that it's going to be de- democratic. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe if that happens more inside the state of New York, we might see those candidates come and do things more things for us as individuals in New York City. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, Trump has never had a rally in New York. From mm-hmm. my understanding, mm-hmm. maybe his first election, he did like one or two at the mm-hmm. Trump Towers. Because he thought it. he
1: could win New York because he's from New York. Yeah. Correct.
2: Biden, from my understanding, wasn't here at all. Correct. During the first election, Hillary, I don't believe, did
1: anything Mm-mm.
2: in New York at all. Mm-mm. So when they had that expectation, regardless of the fact, if I have issues, they're not listening to me. That's true. basically Hillary felt she had New York in the back of her pocket. Correct. Trump knew he didn't have New York at all. And Biden knew I have New York in the back of my pocket. So as a New Yorker, back to the Electoral College, regardless of the fact, I'm not being heard. Yes, they might say, OK, we're going to do the Electoral College so everybody's voice is heard because New York is a big city. So even if it's the popular vote, I'm not heard. If it's the Electoral College, I'm not heard. So what am I being heard?
1: You know, and I think that's a fair I think that's a fair criticism and it's a fair point. And politics is not necessarily always fair. Or right, but I I do think that you need to be involved in the political process somewhere, right? So if you feel like nationally, you know, this may not matter, I think you need to make, it's like filling out the census. You know how they always like, if you don't fill out the census, it's like, you you know, we don't know that you're here. Okay. If you need to feel, you need to have your voice heard somewhere. So if you're thinking nationally. You know, I don't like what's going on nationally. You need to make sure though that it's trickling down such that your vote matters where it matters to you the most, right? right? So if that's at the governor's level, if that's that's at the the congressional level, if that's at your state legislature, if that's if you're a parent and you're like, I'm gonna go join the local PTA, like you need to know where it matters to you most. And maybe once you do that, you'll see, oh, you know what, it also matters in these other areas, or maybe it doesn't. But I think it is important as has black people that we are involved in the politics because, for example, like, the crime bill happens and people don't understand the ramifications of the crime bill, right? And we can have a, a conversation about whether you think that's good or bad, but if you don't even understand the ramifications, like, you don't understand the ramifications of it because you're not understanding the local laws that affect you, right? Like, if you live, you live in housing but you don't know the laws that affect housing. If you're on public assistance, but you don't know the laws that affect public assistance. So if you're trying to get financial aid for school, but you don't know anything about the things that can affect you to not get financial aid, like people didn't know if you got a conviction for marijuana, you were not able to get financial aid to go to college. You need to be involved somewhere because at some point it trickles down and you need to know what's happening in your local area. Okay, and I understand
2: that, but like Shayna and I had a conversation. When I was looking over my ballot, and this goes back to the voter suppression, Mm -hmm. when you were looking at the candidates in certain areas, there was only one individual that you could vote for. Mm -hmm. Which kind of confused me because I'm like, okay, if this is an election, shouldn't there be at least two individuals? Because how do I. So basically, you're either saying vote for this person or vote for no one. So if I do not agree with this individual's Mm -hmm. stance, it's
0: Um, it's baffling.
2: I'm exactly. um, stuck between a rock and a hard place.
1: It's baffling.
2: Then yeah. then there was an area where we had to vote for judges.
1: Pick six and they only gave you six.
2: They only gave a seven. Mm,
1: they and seven? Our, Yeah. seven? Yeah, we had six. Yeah. Yeah, it's
2: seven in our area. I go back to this once again. Where does my vote count?
1: And this is why I'm not an independent because I've actually become more conservative as I've gotten older.
0: What is- if another, let's say down in the future, another candidate comes that you are in favor for and they're in the Republican Party, would you switch over? Because would you only hold the party that you're involved in just based on Trump, or as a to- as a as totality with the the policies, the morals, the values, or whatever? Why wouldn't you still put yourself in the Republican it's, it's category? It's hard for me.
1: It's hard for me now to look at Republicans the same way because they none of them stood up to him. Like if I had had like five of them be like, "Hold on, bro," like. This is too much. I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, Elite To me, it's like, you know politics is about money and power. I'm glad you
0: said that. Mm-hmm. Clearly,
1: it's about money. Like, what do you stand for? Like, when the man... When your best friend dies and, like, he's at is at the funeral and you're at the funeral crying and he's tweeting, like, F your best friend. And then you just like, but I really think he's a good guy. I just feel like... <laughs> I feel like if it's my best friend, we in these streets. Like, what is... You know what I mean? So
2: but you have to realize that a lot of people put the party before anything else
1: I, I realize that and for me I just can't like I need the, I need the Republican Party to settle down <laughs> like, I, need, I can't just you no mm-hmm. so I can't do that but I I was like you and going to be like cause I'm like I'm done with these Democrats y'all don't do nothing and at some point I was like yeah taxes because we need these ta-. and then I was like and that's like getting checks where are my taxes going oh, cause yeah. the school system is still bad the roads are still bad like I I just, I felt like Cardi B, like, where do these taxes go? hmm So then I was like, all right, I'm going to be independent. But the problem with being an independent, like I said, the politics is not always fair, mm-hmm. is that you turn around, right, and a lot of these people, they, they win the primary, right, and then there's no, there's no competition, and then you realize the whole election is the primary. But if you're an independent, you can't vote in that primary. Correct. So now I'm like, oh, I have all these judges and these people running for DA and all of these local politicians. But if you're not one or the other, then you can't vote. And then by the time they win the primary, you're like, well, this is it. So So basically
0: basically
2: they're pushing you. Right. So now
1: they're pushing you to be one or the other. So I was like, well, now I can't leave the Democrats. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, because I wasn't for Biden, right? So I was like, I can't leave the Democrats because I got to be like, why are we voting for Biden? I right. feel like I got to be like, no. And then South Carolina got to, to them first. And I was like, so now I don't have a choice. Okay, gotcha.
0: So, do you, and, and not to cut you mm-hmm. off, but to cut you off. Do you think, because you said you, you weren't really for Biden, but now you're in a position, like many, that are, I am for Biden because we need to get this mm-hmm. mother effer out. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, again, I'm asking the question because I'm seeing it from... Like this is this is how we're going to play this game. Listeners, you can't see my hand, but I'm moving my hand as if like it's some type of puppet puppetry thing going on. But do you think with Biden and I guess, again, this this is the options we we are left with. But a lot of people had Obama as the savior. Let's be real. Obama was like the the black savior. savior. Right. So he came in as the black savior, the best president there is ever. And then you have Trump now, who's like the total opposite. He's the monster. He's the villain. So do you think that people are now wanting Biden so bad, even though they have concerns like you did in the beginning, but they're just like, you know what? We have the savior co-signing him. We have Obama saying that he's he's a great president, so we need to vote for him. And I think what people are doing, and you could agree to it also, Age wise, we're like, you know what, if he croaks, we going. we got Camilla. You that's, know, so that's like, what swayed me over. <laughs> <days>. <laughs> but you Camilla you know?
2: really for us though.
0: I happen to love her also.
1: Okay. I don't love none of the people I love. Um <laughs> why do
0: you love, love <laughs> Camilla? Honestly,
1: yeah. she she believes I think in a lot of the policies that I believe in, right? So even though I am more conservative, I do believe in you know, doing something about climate change. I believe in a woman's right to choose. I think that's a very big issue for me. None of this defund the police thing is happening. Like I think people need to wake up to that. But um, I think she on on certain social issues she falls and she aligns with the things that I, I believe in. Um, and I'm not as upset with her about her her prosecutorial record as everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I I'm I'm backing Kamala. Originally, I really was for, if you know me, I'm for anything that's a woman. So, yes. like, once there was a woman in there, it was going to be, I was going to go for the woman regardless of who. Mm-hmm. But I really was for Elizabeth Warren. I thought that she, I thought she was just the most prepared. Like, I thought she had okay. the most policies. I thought she she was thoughtful about her policies. I don't think you're ever going to find a candidate that you agree with 100%. But I had agreed with her when I was like, when she said that, you know, we have an opportunity to think big, so why are we just thinking so small? And I was like, I don't understand why Democrats do this. Like, we have an opportunity to really put some big, forward-thinking platforms out there, so why are we picking Biden, who's, like, middle of the road, and I'm going to try to compromise? Like, these people are not trying to compromise with us. They already showed that. Right. So, I really wasn't, and I think Biden didn't perform well. I was he like, didn't. I don't think he, I like Act. Oh, I don't no know. Like all. I happen to like him as a human being. I think the man has suffered unbelievable tragedy, but that don't mean you should be president. Like oh, why he do you just,
0: think he's dead? you
1: know what right? I'm just like, like I was like, all he did was stand up behind, and I, now, and I will give the man credit. The fact that he didn't have any scandals while we had a black president, I think is important. But bro, you're gonna be president just because you stood up next to the black president, And you get the black vote. Like, That's what I I'm saying. Just, I was like, you didn't. You so now you understand why I didn't vote for You didn't. You know, but that, <laughs> is, that being said, I, vote blue no matter who because no, the no. man has to go. He has to go for so many reasons. He has but
0: okay, go. so you, you so again, go. going back to what you're saying, you're seeing where Ewan is coming from. I see from, where Ewan's coming from. And then you're saying it, you're just like, but you know what? And the you man gotta, has to go. This man has to go, just vote blue. He has to go. But you said a very good point because my stance is, Ewan should not be crucified for deciding not to vote because of those views that he just shared, right? And and I don't like when there's this narrative on um, social media that are saying if you don't vote, you
2: have no say. You you have
0: no say. I don't like that because I think now that people are getting more educated. Now don't don't get me wrong. If you're talking about a person that just Carelessly says, "I don't care about nothing," and then all of a sudden, when certain things arises, they wanna have an outrage. Go back to your, "I don't care about this." I get that, but if you're dealing with a person that has educating themselves, done research, and is like, mm I don't agree with this." My conscience cannot sit with v- voting for either of these candidates, so I'll step back. But you made a good point in the sense of us as a community, as colored people, what we need to do is trickle down. And what I realize is because a lot of us have been miseducated, a lot of us has been, I don't know what the analogy is for it, but we kind of been lullabied to sleep and to say, all we need to think about is the presidency. Cause we did. And I was one of them that we looked at Obama as he's going to come and fix everything. And when he did it for the black community, which some of us still sees him as he's awesome. And there are some of us where, nah, you trash, homie, because you actually did nothing for our people. So my thing now is that we need to continue not to put guilt on people and not to shame people, but to start with the education process of the political system, just like we're having this conversation now, because we know that knowledge is power. And not too long ago, and I think this is what caused... For more people to know because we have the power of social media and we have the power of music so there was this um rapper by the name of yellow pain mm, that came that <laughs> it's a it's an independent rapper right mm-hmm. and he calls himself yellow pain i'm not sure but he has like a yellow hair he dyed his hair yellow and uh he came out with a song where he breaks down how he was disappointed in 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 the obama term and he said you know what i'll never vote again and then after that happened, he realized, wow, I never knew about these different branches. I never knew about the legislation branch. I never knew about the, the Congress. I never knew that my votes mattered there. And he used the whole song to kind of educate people on the system. And people was like, yo, this is so dope. Like, we didn't even know that. So you use the tool, especially for inner city you know, people or kids, they were just like, oh, we, you know we learned this in elementary. We learned this in high school. Oh but for some of us, it was just to pass a test. <laughs> you know what I mean? Never we never really thought that. You. Yeah, this matters. You know what I'm saying? So, And I don't think we were taught for it to matter. We were taught for it so we can just pass and get an education, quote-unquote, but not to see how it truly affects our everyday lives so i think even the teaching process could have been done differently with us again with what you were saying i think now we're in a position like you said what are we doing to do our research be active like you said where parents are in p um what is it, pa pta PTA. PTA. there we go pta pta meetings and we're voting and like you and said i got the ballot And I'm doing my research like, who's this candidate? Let me look him up. Who's this person so I can make the right decisions when I'm circling? And not only was there not much options, but even when you're doing research, there's not much information on these candidates. The only information that you see are the popular ones, right? So for a good, let's say, for the six um, or seven options that we had in our district, I think only two of them you had information on. The other five, I was just like... I have nothing to know what you stand for, what you, what is your record like. There was this one man, I don't remember his name, but it was a black man. And that's another thing I think we do too as a community is, oh, if he black, if she black, I'm going for her. But not knowing their policies, what they stood for, what their history. There was a black man on that ballot that got arrested for I don't know how many charges for temper, battery, um, messing with policies so many different things but a lot of people went towards him because oh he's the black man in our neighborhood we can't trust the white man and you know all these different situations so again it goes down to we need to start educating ourselves we need to start educating our people and realizing like you said it is not all about the presidency but it's about the other seats that hold multiple powers in what we go through every day. Well
1: yeah I mean it's kind of like I said I think that. This conversation starts with talking about politics, but it gravitates to and it ends with black people and what we do with ourselves in our community. Right. And I think that's a very difficult conversation for black people to have because it requires us to be very honest with ourselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and not necessarily so PC. And I think one of the reasons I have become more conservative and more independent is just because find myself outraged at everybody. right? Mm-hmm. like I'm you know what I mean? Like like politics, you you don't necessarily have a clear person you want to go mm-hmm. for. But then I'm sitting here looking at the black community like I just sometimes I don't understand our decision. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. We cannot afford to not be involved. Right? Like right. I think that
0: and I'm starting to see that because
1: now. this is a system that clearly does not want us to be here. Right. We can't afford to not be involved. And and if you feel like just nationally, top down, it, you don't think you're being heard. I think we can't afford to not know what's going on in our local situations mm-hmm. because, like us not knowing, they just do things that affect us disproportionately because of the issues in the black community. And then we don't know what's happening to us. I think that black people tend to lean Democratic, but I don't necessarily think that Republican ideas are all bad for the black community, community either. True. I just think we, we are not having real conversations about what affects us as a community. And you know, all black is not the same. We're not all in the same in the same boat. But just in terms of what's really affecting us in terms of like, just economically doing better. I think we have made a lot of progress politically, but that politics is not just as we've talked about national politics, right? And I think there's a lot that goes into just building up our communities, building up our our kids and where they're what they're doing in school and you know just in terms of entrepreneurship and businesses and what are we doing for like middle class black people that also ties into politics and i think that there are certain communities that we can look at like the asian community on its face you don't see really the asian community involved in politics as much as i would like them to be involved in politics and i would like to see asian faces in in national politics right Mm -hmm. um Whereas you do see more numbers in terms of black people. But I think economically speaking, if you look at the Asian community overall, they tend to do better in terms of education and in terms of certain industries economically than we do. Correct. And I think we need to start having real conversations in the black community about what we're doing with our communities and how come we have our communities and we have the the power that we have politically. Like clearly black people put Biden in office. Right. Right. That doesn't seem to trickle down into our communities. Any of us sitting here really believe that he's going to turn around and be like, black people put me in office. And so I got you black people. Not at and all, my, all. My whole cabinet going to be black. Not mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's not that's not a thing that I think is going to happen with Biden as president. And the, and the question becomes why, right? Like, why do we have all this seemingly political power, but then it doesn't trickle down to us? The, such that we feel it in our everyday lives and in our community.
2: So can you imagine if it was that the black people were to remove themselves from the Democratic Party? Whole? Well, that means that the Democratic Party would fall apart.
1: I will say I don't think yes, that's true Because clearly the black people are the only thing holding the Democratic Correct. Party. Right. I, mm. I do think that there I, I don't agree with not voting, but I will say I think there is something to the to the point that Democrats have taken the black vote for granted for so long. Right. I love and that I you do, said that. And I do think that black people because we we do vote as a block. Right. Like because it is it is a shared experience that we have about the systematic oppression that we feel in this country. But i do think that black people need to start being like hold on bruh this vote is not going to come to you so easy we do want to know what is your agenda for the black community what are you doing for us what are like i do like the whole 10 point plan for black america this is what i want to do this is how i want it to trickle down these are the these are the local politicians in each area that i would support that has certain policies for you like I think that is important because and either side, whatever wherever you are, right, I think it's it's important that Whoever that politician is can turn around and say this is what i'm doing because the one thing i will say about trump a lot of things i don't like about him the one thing i will say about trump sometimes he tells it like it is right when he turns around and says to black people like you've been with democrats for so long and so what have they done that is the truth i happen to love obama but i am a haitian person and i know and i hate his immigration policy right like trump put people in cages but he's not wrong when he says who built those cages right yeah. so i think that I do think that at some point the black community needs to ser- turn around and say, we are independent. and You are going to have to fight for this vote. Right. You're not going to just come here and think that because you're democratic, you're going to get this vote. I-, I think there needs to be that shift. And I'm curious as to when our breaking point will be when that shift will happen.
0: With, with everything that we discussed, question is, how do we keep the president accountable um, whoever our president will be, even though at this point we're seeing it as Biden, especially, let's say it is Biden, um, and we're saying that, okay, the black vote put you here. How do we keep him accountable? But the question is, is that even possible?
1: Obviously, like, now the question is, what is he going to do? Are we going to like what he does, right? And for one, the argument is we there's nothing we can do until another four years. And who knows if he's going to run again another four years because he's older. However, your local elections will be coming up soon, right? Like two years from now, you will be voting for more people to go into Congress. And if you don't like what the president has done, you can turn around and send some Republicans into the seat. You can turn around and say, you know what? I'm not backing these Democrats to go back to Congress. I'm gonna back the the Republicans. And the truth of the matter is while people think about the presidency as having a lot of power domestically and in terms of domestic issues that reach our day-to-day lives, in my opinion, He doesn't have that much power, right? Because you saw what the Republicans did to Obama. Like when the Republicans said no, what could Obama really do, right? Foreign policy-wise, I think the presidency has a lot of power. But when it comes to domestic policies, they need that interplay in order for things to get done. So if you feel like, listen, he's not doing something and we have to hold him accountable, I think we then have to make sure we hold our local representatives accountable and say we're not happy with this. And I'm all for protesting, whether that means withholding your money, because Lord knows that man takes you a lot for money.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Or that means picketing or being in the streets and protesting. But I think as black people, we need to protest with a purpose. Why are we protesting? What are the things that we want? What are we demanding? Like, are we just in the streets demonstrating and looting? Or like, what are we, what are we asking for when we're seeking a lot of these things that are, that are happening? You know what I mean? Like, I think we need to have like a clear agenda about what we want so that we don't just get pacified and they're like, all right, we're going to give them a little bit and then they're going to stop protesting and then they'll just forget about us and they'll vote Democrat, you know, another four years from now.
0: So, Ewan, what, what would you say throughout this whole conversation? Has anything swayed by this conversation, or are you in the nice. same stance? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not swayed at all. Cause okay. I
2: honestly don't feel like we're being hurt. There's nothing that could change my mind. Okay. Because we've been protesting for years, fire hoses sprayed on us for years, maced, pepper sprayed, and nothing's changed.
1: Well, now let me ask you, because <clears throat> I think the black man in America has a unique situation. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're now black man in America. And so if you feel like this, how do you go through I mean obviously you live your day to day and you deal with your issues that happen day to day with the family and life and work, right? But like when you're really sitting down and you're and you're looking at the issues, right, that plague black men in this country, if you feel this unheard, what are you what are you what do you think are your options?
2: I sit down with my sons and I explain to them what's going on in America. I don't want them to be blinded. What might happen to them in the future? So I let them understand that you, as a black man, you have a lot of weight on your back. You're not going to be able to walk down these streets like any other white person. Let's just say what it is, and not and expect to get the same benefits that they get. You have to educate yourself because a lot of times they look at us as being a pawn. You need to make yourself a king.
1: So how do you how do you do that for yourself if you feel like right you're not being heard?
2: But so much I can do. Just live my day to day to be honest with you there's nothing else that i can do just to educate myself enough so that i could get by sad Mm, to say
0: that is a a sad (laughs) it is sad but i i can understand i think there is more that we can do but i also can feel your sentiments where at many times the black man or the the colored person may feel like when i do these things Is a change really going to come, or are we going to live in a world where we are going to be constantly battling for our lives?
2: It's 2020 when we're still playing that song.
0: We've been singing the same old song, A Change Is Gonna Come, by the late Sam Cooke. Although expressing different views on voting and participation in the political arena, one thing is for certain, being proactive in some shape or form is necessary, starting with your local community. With a new leader in position, many are hopeful and many are still skeptical. This is taken from writer, co-Arthur Riley. Today doesn't erase the four years of hatred, delusion, and white supremacy that did violence to our bodies and communities. But I'm choosing joy where I can. Don't apologize for hoping. If you aren't prepared to celebrate today because you are still processing the trauma of the insurrection of that your country elected an abusive tyrant in the first place, or that our political systems have never functioned in our favor, I see you. We can hold today in tension. Don't let anyone rush you out of your grieving, but be careful with other people's joy. Inhale, I hold memory for what we've lost. Exhale, I choose hope for what's to come. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you've gained some knowledge, insight, and clarity in this moment, creating your own inner discoveries. Tune in again with new episodes released every Tuesday and most importantly, head over to She Discovered Podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated.